Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mile a Minute Movie Talk. Your host, Lucas of Ligure Films. Hello. And myself, Dylan, Diligent Picks. Hope everybody's having a great time. It's the nearing the end of May and lots of, lots of... Memorial Weekend. Yeah, that's true. And with that, we're nearing the summer blockbuster, uh, I guess, breakout. <laughs> we're going to get a lot of stuff coming soon. Um, I guess Disney's going to try to hit it out of the park this week with the Little Mermaid live action, which... It's getting the best reviews out of any of the live actions, which is not... <laughs> it's like it's like sixes on right. everything. Like, I mean, a six on like Rotten Tomato and then like... Or 60, should I say. And then like IMDb. Yeah. To be fair, I really wasn't expecting much better um, based on their track record, Mm -hmm. as you just outlaid. But um, yeah, yeah. um, well, Lucas and I had a light week this week. We enjoyed watching some films together. We had a nice little movie night with our buddy Aaron. Shout out to Aaron. (laughs) Um, We will talk about those films coming up, um, some throwbacks. And we will talk about, um, actually, do you want to start with those films? And then lean to some. Uh, yeah, we'll probably start with those films. Yeah. So tell me about. Actually, let's start with uh, one, the more familiar one, I think. So, yeah. a little known remake came out this week, past week, on Hulu called White Men Can't Jump. We yes. did not watch that film. However, we did watch. No, why would we? <laughs> However, we did watch the basketball classic comedy from 1992 White Men Can't Jump. Yes, the good. Which I had personally never seen before. Yeah, I don't think I had seen it in a long time. I don't remember much of it, if I even watched the whole thing last time. But it's always been one of those movies I've always wanted to see. I mean, I've always enjoyed Woody Harrelson for the most part. I haven't seen everything from Wesley Snipes. I mean, I I grew up watching Blade and Blade... Well, I guess the the trilogy. Um, Mm. But yeah, it was definitely a very interesting... More, I was actually surprised how adult of a comedy it was. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it was. Um, I mean, since I watched it mostly when I was young, I felt like it was more of a like maybe PG thirteen light R, but it was very much more more harder. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. The, there's definitely uh, a lot of uh, fun, uh, sexy moments with uh, Wesley Snipes and his lady friend, as well as Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez. Get, some nice fun yeah. romantic scenes and uh there's definitely i guess the the content of the movie itself like the the plot there isn't like a lot of drama in that regard that would warrant like a hard re- there's not like you know blood or anything like that but there's definitely more yeah. um it's more yeah. of the co- nudity and yeah language yeah exactly language. <laughs> exactly and speaking of the language it's very interesting going back to a time this is right after i was born so 1992 within a year and it feels very 90s, but in a good way. I didn't feel like it was dated in a bad way. I'm sure some of the jokes haven't aged as well as they could have in some respects, but there's definitely a lot that holds up about this movie. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I think there's a few parts where you, you feel like they could have cut it short maybe a little bit. It feels like maybe it's 15 yeah. minutes too long. If it, yeah, I felt like it could have been a 140, 90-minute movie, and then it kind of, like, went longer than that. The third act definitely was, like, a little bit longer than it should have been. 
uh, the story was definitely weird in like the third act as well compared to the rest of the story but i still still definitely yeah it's it's it 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 sort of feels like the closest thing to me to like a slice of life movie (laughs) just uh like comparing to like an anime genre (laughs) like it felt like we were just kind of watching you know two people live their lives do their thing and just kind of some nice little moments here and there of what they're going Mm. through and um but there was some part things about it that definitely surprised me. I was really into the um the way they depicted Rosie Perez's character. I really enjoyed her. Like she has a lot of nice little like nuggets of wisdom that she gives to Woody Harrelson. Um yeah. Like one being this really funny scene where like they're waking up in bed and he she's she tells she tells him she's thirsty and he doesn't. She doesn't ask him to go get her a glass of water, but he just decides to, you know, as yeah. you know, one might choose to do that. But then she goes on this whole like thing and says, you know, like, hey, just because I told you I'm thirsty doesn't mean I want you to get up and get me a glass of water. That you know, like, yeah. I, oh, oh, it's not a man's job to solve a woman's problems. It's just this funny like. Like a lot, like like I guess now from my experience in relationships, like I've learned a lot, and so it's it's really funny to see like, okay, like this is for this time, this is a very well written like female character. They have a great like moment later on when she's like talking about who um winning and losing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes when you win, you actually lose. Sometimes when you lose, you actually yeah. win, et cetera, et cetera. And but just explaining how. At the end, at the end of the day, it gets you to where you need to be. You know, that's just how life yeah. works. And like a lot, pretty much everything she said is legitimately true. It's played for comedic effect, you know, like because Woody Harrelson's not supposed to get it. He's just that sort of. Yeah, exactly. But it it is like everything she's saying has a point. Um, so I was very surprised in the writing a lot of the time, and I did think it was really funny. It's not one of those movies that you're laughing out loud consistently, like really loud throughout the movie, you know, but there are some really good yeah. moments. Yeah, it was. Oh, sorry. It has like some of the best banter between mm. characters that you like can have. It's just like the character dynamic between Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes character is just so great and how they talk to each other. And like, it's such a well-written dialogue mm. movie. Like, the way that people interact and talk to each other are, like, so great that it definitely just engrosses. It If all, it doesn't, it's not really there in the third act, so that's why kind of third act kind of drags along. It's because there's not, like, that witty banter the whole time. And it's just so funny. All these characters are just talking crap to each other, and it's hilarious. And then it kind of gets more serious, and it goes on, like, a weird, like, character's aspirations journey in the third act and them getting to those. Um, that kind of makes it weird, but... That's kind of like the only downplay yeah. of the movie, really. Um, whereas, like all the the first and second act are definitely like the best parts, just with how they, just the interactions and how much they talk crap. I don't want to say any of it because it's so great to watch. Like if you haven't seen it for the first time, just like all these things that they say. Some of them are like even things that people say nowadays. It's a lot that like might have first occurred in this movie, which mm-hmm. is so fun. Um, but yeah, the story definitely definitely doesn't take the um trajectory that you think it will with like everything it's kind of hyping up that this big tournament's gind to happen but that happens in like the second act and then kind of like the third act is the ramifications and the aftermath of that tournament and what happened after it between the characters and it's kind of like this tug and pull 
but um it feels like some of the ex you know the the supporting cast didn't need as much time mm. as they should have um in my opinion i feel like rosie's character i mean she's she's good and all but like i felt like if it focused more on the basketball and the two main characters going back and forth i felt like that's like the big draw to the movie and that's the best part of the movie but it's still not bad in the way it is. Yeah, I think it was interesting how they decided to do that. Um, it it does, at one point, it feels like it's going to have that sort of cliche, like, fallout moment between the two main characters, and then they're going to make up and, you know, um, make things work. But then um, it doesn't yeah. quite go that route. I mean, yes, they do, they do continue to do their hustle game, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the choice to do this like long, not well, not long, but this like tournament moment, and you know, it's definitely it's it's a product of its time because there's these long shots where they're like playing basketball, and there's like these really slow motion scenes of like actual you know basketball in motion, uh, you know, and some of those mm. shots like that feels too montagey. It kind of they go on a little too long because they're they're very slow motion. Like you know, it was like a yeah, it's not shot like a sporting event. It's more shot like a very nineties mm-hmm. tape for like yeah. basketball. Like, like it looks like a lot of those like player driven um, movies. Not necessarily they're not like fiction, just like about the players where they have all, like these cool action shots and stuff like that. It's like the cross cut, the cross cut, like quick, like kind of blurry like low frame rate and then cut to like a slow-mo and like it's just kind of how like they portrayed like sports in the 90s and it's very much falls into that trope like they did in like other movies that aren't good sports segments in movies like uh the fan does it a lot um and like just a lot of things from that period um that were sports movies really the the ones that aren't memorable for their sports things do this and it's just kind of like the easiest way that they can show the action in a way but there's some great like one takes and like long shots that they do and those are like the best shots like, mm. oh this is really good and then they go to like this higher like lower frame or not lower frame but um tighter frame of these shots of these guys dribbling the ball and like kind of slowing it down speeding it up and all that and it's kind of like okay well this isn't as interesting yeah, yeah, exactly. There are definitely some much more like impressive shots earlier in the film where they're just pl- where they just start this hustle game and they're playing some guys, and then some of those moments are really the best comedic moments too. I think one of the one of my favorite mm-hmm. scenes is when they they're trying to the, where they first trying to play off um, that Woody Harrelson is like this you know just this nerd doesn't know how to play ball guy and. Um, mm-hmm they try to hustle like this um, bigger dude who is like, at, he sort of figures it out at some point during the game once they lose. Cause he realizes how good they both are and how, and that they actually know each other and work together. And he realizes that he's mm. being hustled. And then he starts to get really mad and he's like, uh, you know, he just basically is like, I'm gonna go get my gun. And this is a great moment where everyone just like yeah. runs through the hills. Yeah. That, that the first hustle yeah. was a great one. <laughs> um, I also like I enjoyed yeah like some of the scenes like the, they did a good job of kind of like referencing certain characters and bringing back silly things like how Rosie Perez she she just has like an abundance of knowledge from reading and, and like doing all these different things to like learn about all this stuff that she would never need to know like just a bunch of useless information up until she gets a chance to go on Jeopardy and the fact that they actually had a Jeopardy mm-hmm. scene with Alex Trebek rest in peace <laughs> yeah 
There's definitely, definitely, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the director, uh, Ron Shelton. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, after his big movie, Bull Durham, he definitely had like, oh. some more pull and like the popularity of things. So I think this is the first movie right after okay. Bull Durham. Um, if I'm right, I didn't realize, it, yeah, I didn't realize he directed Bull Durham. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, he did, uh, Bull Durham. Yeah, this, uh, he did yeah, his uh three run was Boulder and White Man Can't Jump and then Cobb and then he kinda like took a break a little bit after Cobb doing like some <laughs> weird action movies. But uh um Oh wow this <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> he did a movie called The Great White Hype and it was a boxing movie with uh oh, what's his name? Where are they? There they are. Uh Samuel Jackson, Jeff Goldblum, and uh Jamie Foxx as the boxer, oh, okay. but did not did not do good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he stopped doing uh those he did right uh oh wow too, okay though. yeah but um yeah it definitely feels like um he had like a strong run of a couple like good ba- sports movies feel like yeah. that's his realm of like because he i i remember watching like um the special features on bull durham criterion and he like talks about how he like played baseball in the minor leagues and so like that like aspect of actually being a professional athlete probably definitely helps him in like writing how these players interact with each other and such. Um, and so uh, same thing with like the street ball. I, he just is really good at writing that just cause he knows how like people actually talk to each other in a sports setting. So I think that that's like really like the strong suit of that. And then like the comedic parts are like so great. It's, it just definitely comes out like more mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Um, like, they're just very riffing too. They don't give you like time to like, it doesn't feel like a comedic setup in a lot of things. They just like go through it. Like the talking about that scene from earlier when the guy, um, yeah, with a gun, he goes to, uh, before that, he goes, he's like, I got $800 in my car. And he goes, oh. <laughs> grabs his gun and uh, ski mask and goes to rob the gun store or a local liquor store. But the liquor store guy's like, <laughs> I know it's you. And he's like, I'll give you. The guy's like, "Oh, I'll sell you this gun. It's really good. You don't know how crazy it is on these streets." And he's like, "He's like, okay, I'll give you." He's like, "I'll sell it to you for three hundred. He's like, "I'll give you two fifty. He's like, "Look, you're robbing me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like super funny. And then in that scene that you're talking about, where he's like, "He's like, I'm gonna go get my other." Guns. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it's right. Like super yeah, funny. I forgot that that was actually a build up. Yeah, joke. they all yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's everything just flows really. The ebbs and flows of the comedy are really non-forced and just they work out real great. The whole setup for the hitman too, like they show him like this is the work that we do, and then they sh- go cut to him paying off the hitman, and then they show him dead on the rocks. You're like, oh wow, they <laughs> killed him. That's so weird. And then they're like, are the shots done? He's like, good. And it was just them showing how they can like, oh yeah, yeah fake deaths for the people that they contracted <laughs> the work. With. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did, the supporting cast is really strong in the movie too. There's a lot of like '90s mm. actors um, that are friends with uh, Woody Har- or Wesley Snipes, uh, like Kadeem Harris Hardison. He's the one guy name I knew. I was like, oh, I've seen him a bunch of movies. He was in Sixth Man, which is a bad basketball movie, and he was in a bunch of other ones uh, called like Drive and stuff like that. Just weird '90s comedies movies. But yeah, like, but like yeah, there's a lot of just a strong. Yeah, and cast. I just. Um... I definitely agree. Like, I feel like the, the comedic elements felt very authentic and improvised. Like, I didn't feel like I was watching, like, mm-hmm. I, I f- like I, I wasn't, like, anytime there was a joke, I didn't feel like I was, like, like, I was, like, listen, I was hearing, like, a writer trying to, like, 
make me laugh. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was really yeah. just watching. Because I think from my experience actually being on the pickup, you know, playing a lot of pickup basketball, especially, you know, after high school and things like that. Like, I've seen yeah. a lot of that, maybe not to the, that degree of, like, you know, the comedy, yeah. but still that there is, you know, people riff on each other and there's trash talk and all that, so... It, it, there was some definitely, definitely some level of um, relatability for me, or just in general, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's definitely where this film comes from. It's definitely like a timepiece of that era of the early '90s too, with how they dress. Um, not really how they talk. I feel like, I mean, a little bit how they talk, but it's just like it still hits today. And it's yeah, so funny. And it's aged yeah. perfectly, and that's like the. That's just a fun, I mean, obviously the best part of it, I keep talking about it, but um, it definitely isn't like painfully like outdated. It's mm. like perfect encapsulation of like that pre like early Jordan era of like how people like saw basketball, the late Lakers dynasty and just kind of like going off that. And then just like how they dress and how they play is very much part of that era and like, oh, really much like that Jordan era style. And so it was like pretty good. I, I that was like the it was very accurate in like how it depicts everything. And that, that was the, really yeah, nice I, I definitely agree. And I think there's a lot of people I know that, uh, okay, not a lot, but I, there's some, a few people I know that have never even heard of it. And I've seen it. I'm just like, okay, you, you, you should check uh, it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I definitely, it's definitely one of the better basketball movies. Mm-hmm. I would say like one of the best. rated yeah. R ones. Um, cause a lot of them are like family movies, but like, you know, out of like them, I definitely like it more than like some of the mm. classic ones that like dominate just because they're mm. corny where this one doesn't feel corny. It feels yeah. very realistic. Um, uh, and it's not that like underdog story. It's just like, Hey, we're both really good at basketball. I went to college and played basketball, but nobody knows me out here. Yeah. so I can get away with it. And it's like, it's very much not non-traditional um, sports story that definitely keeps you and draws you in because it's like, oh, this is somewhat realistic, or also it just feels like believable characters and they're so charismatic, like two great actors of the nineties yeah. and two thousands, um, and them playing off of each other so well. Um, like this is the height of like the beginning of yeah. Snipes reign, and so that's like the best part of it. It's like. 92 and then he gets you know blade in the late 90s but he's doing all these crazy sports movies as well and action movies in the mid 90s and it's like such a it's a great like beginning to like kind of like his yeah. era i think um like i i don't have any desire to watch the remake and i, I don't really re- you know like i haven't heard many yeah. good things but i would definitely suggest people give this one a shot um just it's, yeah, definitely. If you like sports movies, yeah, I think it, especially as far as basketball films, I say it's easily probably like in the top ten, maybe top fifteen. Yeah, yeah, top top ten definitely. Um, I I yeah, I could say like top five, top well, seven, yeah, okay. possibly. Just like I feel like I feel like basketball movies. You think there's a lot? Yeah, more than there are. Yeah. Because like you think of like oh football and baseball, there's not as many basketball movies just because basketball wasn't that dynamic that big of a sport up until the jordan Mm -hmm. era it was like kind of struggling in the 70s and started gaining a little bit of momentum in the bad boys era and the 80s and stuff like that and it was like okay we're like the third biggest we're like right with hockey in america and then gets really big in the showtime Mm -hmm. lakers era which definitely kind of like propels it which is like i think early 80s and so they didn't really have that time to like build up like the classic baseball movies and stuff like that it definitely 
goes into um kind of like this era where there's there's not that many um you know going on and so the classic era of just like good basketball movies is very much the 90s and then early 2000s a little bit too there's some yeah for sure well we transition things very uh interesting after that film <laughs> when we proceeded mm-hmm. in our movie night we decided to watch yeah um, <laughs> you should do a breakdown of how we oh yeah maybe i should okay so this is I, I can describe it as an outsider so that everybody gets the same just as I did. Um essentially how we do it is what well, everybody picks brings a bunch of movies or picks movies. You have uh all of the people we had three people this time. So we all picked um a movie that we wanted to watch and then we picked a random number with a num- random number generator just asking Siri and Aaron got picked. So Aaron picked uh White Man Can Jump and then we both pick movies that try to pair with that either thematically or um, kind of like story-wise. So like trying to go with like sports comedies or you could go with just a normal comedy. And so that's what we did. And so then the person who picks the first movie gets to then pick from the choices of the other people for the second. Yeah. And that's, this is actually the first time I had tried doing it this way. I think one of the things I love about movie nights is just, well, I also hate about movie nights is having to decide on the movie. It can take a really long time, um, and it's, exactly, that, yeah. it's like when you it's like the equivalent of browsing Netflix and not deciding what to watch, right? So mm-hmm. I've tried to figure out different ways to make that go faster and smoother, and this I think can work. Although it did sort of backfire because I had a really difficult time trying to think of a movie to go with White Man Can't Jump, which is why the movie yeah. that I selected to watch. Did not get picked. The movie I was actually um, pairing with uh, White Man Can't Jump was Paper Tigers, which is an action comedy with martial arts. Yeah. And the movie that did get picked was Lucas's film, which I will now let him talk to you about because he had seen it before. And I want to know the story about how yeah. he discovered it and why we watched it. Um, I don't remember how I discovered it. I do not for the life of me. Um, <laughs> I remember now. Okay, I thought about it. Um, so there was um, me and my friend Seamus. We would go to the video store. So there, we would go back to that video droid. This was like 2017, 2018. And uh, I picked out this weird Japanese movie. And this guy was like, oh, there's this really good movie. We don't have it. But it's super weird and kind of like this movie. I can't remember what the movie I picked was. Um, oh, my mic just fell. My mic just fell. Ah. But um, let me get this back on and continue my rant. Do, 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 do. There, uh, Ranting. There we go. There we go. Okay. Um. So I forget the movie that we picked out, but he was like, oh, yeah, this uh, this movie is very much like that. And he was like, we don't have it. And he couldn't remember the name of it. He was like, it's something, something, something plus or a number than plus. And so this was that video droid. Um, and then we went home and we looked it up and we found it and it was on YouTube. And so I bought the DVD on Amazon for like five bucks and cause that was all there is. And then we found it on YouTube. It's like, Oh, we'll just watch this. Um, and then we watched it and it was so dumb and hilarious. It's essentially five different stories that don't have any coherence uh, as to why they're being presented at the same time. And they all kind of like go together, but they all have like really weird comedic things about them. Like one of them is about like home robbers who two of them have like a gay relationship growing that one of the, they don't know if they like the other one's gay or not. And they like are trying to figure out if the other one wants to date them. 
Um, then you have like a dad and his kids who win a tickets to uh, a hypnotic show, uh, a hypnotist show. And the hypnotist is another character who has a relationship with a ad writer um, and they like don't like each other because they keep spreading rumors about <laughs> each other. And so that's like a dynamic. And then the main one is Tadanonobu Asano. Ichi the uh, Killer. Yes, Ichi the Killer. Um, he's in a million different things, Mortal Kombat. Like anything that is American, uh, Hollywood made and is Japanese in like the last 15, 20 years probably has Tadanobu Asano in it. And you'd know his face if you look him up. Um, but yeah, he's one. He has like this weird, like comedic evil dead kind of thing going where he keeps killing his wife and she keeps coming back as like a different themed person trying to kill him and different powers each time. It's just so weird. And so yeah, you kind of start off with this kind of like grim thing where Tadanobu Asano is talking to you. And Asano is talking about like, have you ever killed your wife? Have you ever killed one that you love? And he's like super grim, burying the same <laughs> as this movie. And then he goes home, drives home in like his old wagon has like some cool like almost evil dead like car driving through the forest shots goes home goes to drink some milk he looks over at the table and his wife's back there just sitting there and he just spits out his milk and then the intro sequence starts and then it just goes from there um my favorite sequence is the character that is uh vinnie jones um if you know if you've ever seen a uh guy Ritchie film Vinny Jones is in Lockstock, Smokey Bear, and Snatch, I think, um, as the he's a former soccer player that became an actor because Vinny Jones uh, was like an enforcer in soccer and kind of an asshole. And so he kind of became this enforcer <laughs> asshole guy in movies because Guy Ritchie's was like, oh, he's perfect. I know him from uh, his playing days. And so that's how he kind of got his career started. And um, he's this um, British assassin hired by a Japanese assassin because somebody wanted some more flavor in their hit job and they wanted to get like a cool foreign assassin. So that's who he hired. And he has a scene where he's yelling at this uh, flight attendant and like cussing her out and calling her like all these names. And the Japanese assassin is like his translator for the whole trip. So he has to translate all of the things he's saying to this woman. And it's, yeah, I love that. Um, that, that it's hard to decide what my favorite sequence is, but that one was definitely like the yeah. first one I latched onto because of, yeah, because I recognize that actor, but also just the way he delivers the line, mm -hmm. that specific line, which, if I recall, is something like, "What is your purpose in life?" Right? Or yeah, yeah, that's like his whole thing is that he asks people what their purpose in life is, and then he either kills them after because they're the hit job he has to do, or oh, he just oh no, it's what is your function in life? Right? Oh yeah, what is what's <laughs> your function? And yeah, he has that great accent and yeah. that like kind of really creepy like yeah. uh facial expression when he asks it. So you're mm -hmm. like, what? Yeah. But Yeah, this movie is very a movie of scenes because it's a film about it's film made by commercial directors in Japan who make like iconic like boss uh some of them worked on like the iconic uh Tommy Lee Jones boss commercials and like other ones, like the ab one, I think one of them wrote some of that. Where the guy keeps falling. Oh like yeah, machine. You'd know them if you've seen them. And um, they, couple of them, I think three or four of them came together. One of them directed it, but they all came together on the script and they just wrote scenes that were funny. So there's a lot. One of them is a commercial lady. Uh, the one that's sleeping with the, um, what's this? Uh, what do they call it? I just said the word the hypnotist, and I can't remember it now. Hypnotist. Thank you. She's sleeping with the hypnotist, and she's like a commercial pitcher. And so she, there's all these weird things where you get a visualization of the commercials she's thinking of and they're all like pretty funny there's one where the dude has a headache and he has to go to a 
music audition or an acting audition and he has to headbang and he's like freaking breaking down because he's like has such a bad headache uh just like all these like little vignettes that they just throw in they say oh there's this sequence there's this sequence there's this sequence they just lead into the next one until they kind of all connect them and that's essentially the movie and it's just like a fun comedy like almost a sketch comedy but all the sketches are in the same universe and there's like different ones it's definitely in the vein of like one if you really like japanese humor like you you really get it like it's a lot Mm. of really you know cultural humor and there's like yeah those ad scenes are really just they add a certain level of charm to the film where people like an international audience like us we don't we don't see a lot of this in america so like when we come across it there's either two ways of viewing it. It's either way too weird for you and you don't get it and you're turned off by it, or it's really weird to you and you do get it. And you're like really into it because it's so different and charming and bizarrely enjoyable. Like it's like, it's one of those like things like we were discussing while watching the film, uh, the three of us, I think Aaron pointed out how, you know, even the fact that we were watching on DVD sort of added to the charm of the movie. (laughs) Exactly. It really feels like a movie you would have ran into at a random video store like I did. Like walking like, oh, this looks so weird. It has like a really interesting cover. And um, but yeah, it's a it's it's funny, too, because a lot of the um, a lot of the characters are like really funny in what they do but they're all like some of them have like a more bigger dynamic some of them just have a one thing like uh Hiroshi Abe uh he was in like a mm-hmm. he's the hypnotist uh Aman and like he has that whole really weird sequence where he has his intro and it's like this story about a bunny rabbit is his intro like remember that when like when he walks out and it's like that guy in a bunny suit hopping around and there's like, oh a yeah around him and it's it there's like the weirdest songs and like no, the, all the songs are original and produced for this by um, the guy who did the soundtrack for Redline and like some British uh, musician. Um, <laughs> Redline really the funny. anime, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah, Redline the anime, yeah. And uh, Harry Shabby's character is just this hypnotist who's just like horny the whole time, and it's hilarious. The Vinnie Jones comes out and is like, "What's what's your function?" And he's like, "To to make <laughs> come," and then he's like, just looks at him like hella weird, like what the fuck, and he's like, "Ha." <sighs> And then I forget what he says, but it was pretty funny. But yeah, he um, his character is like this just one dimensional. He's just like super funny. <laughs> and then he just dies. And, but it's like super. It's just like you have characters like that. that yeah, are pretty funny. And then the, um, Tanana Suano doesn't talk that much, and he's super funny. Well, and then that like, whole yeah. storyline transitions to where there's like this dad and this um family and these two daughters, mm-hmm. and the dad he gets hypnotized into thinking he's a bird, <laughs> and. Yes. And then um, when that happens, uh, Vinnie Jones comes out and kills the hypnotist. Um, and then the dad's stuck as a bird. And that's yeah, becomes it, that story. It, it becomes um, this, this is really funny. Like, I won't spoil anything, but like, you you know, like the idea of like, is he actually a bird? You know, or is he just, does he just think yeah. he's a bird? And they just, they just keep, he yeah. just makes this really funny sound. That's just like, pop. <laughs> yeah he yeah. does like a chicken sound and it's it's so dumb it's but so it's dumb. so funny but it's like that that's like him for the rest of the movie and it's funny like if you look into like some of these actors like they were like big or they were like up and coming in japan and they all just started doing these weird they just all did this weird movie and i think it was a movement in japan right around uh post like 2000 right around before and after it was like this surrealist comedy 
era and me and my friend got really into it after watching this movie we started looking up other ones they're all like these kind of serious stories or just really weird comedies um and it was like this era that all had like these kind of they'd have a big eclectic cast and they would have this weird surrealist comedy going on where it was like all these people put in a situation for a certain reason and there are two other ones i know we watched during this were um party seven sharks skin man and peach hip girl another one's called dangan runner where it's a, i've heard of that, that one. one is great i would recommend that one dangan runner is a movie about a dude who like robs a bank but fails oh no he tries to rob a convenience store but fails because uh he tries to rob the bank and he forgot like something so he has to go next door to the convenience store and then the guy at the convenience store sees him with a gun he's like hey i'm gonna get you and so he starts chasing him and then the convenience store guy was like uh owned money to another guy and so that guy's like hey i see you and you owe me money oh. and so they all three are chasing each other oh and that's the whole movie it's all these just really weird surrealist comedies that were coming out right around the same time and it's such a funny era of like japanese comedies and if you aren't into that kind of style of like really just like absurd like wacky life's weird life's crazy this doesn't make any sense yeah just wacky off the walls not necessarily like transcendence of like our reality but like sitting our reality but just making fun of like everyday life and if you aren't really into that like style mixed with like japanese humor you won't like any of these eras comedies but these comedies if you do are just all great like all of them just run really well party seven's kind of like hit or miss but uh peach up girl uh also has tenobu sano but like Danganronner, all these ones are super funny. Um, they're harder to, some of them are harder to find. Most of them are available just on DVD in America um, or through Terracotta Films if you're in Europe. Uh, but if you, or no, Third Window Films if you're in Europe. But if you don't have, uh, but if you have a VPN, you can just rent from Third Window Films on Vimeo, which is what I do and how I watched a lot of these. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. Uh, but uh, there's one more too uh, called Welcome Back, Mr. McDonald, kind of the same era that one i'm gonna we're gonna watch one day but yeah it's just i definitely really came into these films when i was in uh what did my tv turned on <laughs> i really got into these films like right in early college and so like it's like a era of films that i'm really like particular to because i watched all these a lot with my friend who was the one that was with me when we found out about survive style five nice yeah yeah so that's why it's like i'm really into this film just because i I've watched it probably six times. And then also I'm trying to get to my controller and I'm plugging <laughs> Lucas will be back in a moment as he is looking for his controller for a certain purpose. And I will. My TV randomly turned on. I don't know why. That's what uh... I was trying to turn off. Cause it was like making background noise. Okay. I'm back. But yeah. Um, yeah, it just really was a fun thing. It was very like kind of nostalgic to that era of And he is adjusting his mic. <laughs> there we go. Really nostalgic for me for that era of kind of like a lot of downtime um and just watching movies and not knowing where I want to do with life. And uh definitely helped me like fall in love with getting into film and working in film and broadcasting and so definitely like recommend a lot of these if you're just into kill time but okay with watching subtitles they're just fun crazy yeah you can't go wrong with it um if you if you just enjoy discovering new film and new genre and and, um things that are different that's um definitely something Mm -hmm. to look for Uh, yeah there's definitely 
it's definitely like cool to explore those like certain time periods of certain film industries subgenres and like this is definitely one of them and i definitely fell in love with it as like a film in general um if you like love exposure that's kind of like the pinnacle of like this style of comedy um that's by sion sono uh he's like very much like in this style vein of these in his comedy films just like absurd surreal comedies um definitely if you like his stuff you'd like this um but yeah like in general definitely uh fun i definitely fell in love with this film obviously as you can tell when i watched it and it i watched it a lot um probably my sixth time seeing it i don't know if i already said that though but yeah um I like showing it to people. I don't know if Dylan and Aaron liked it as much. I don't think they liked it as much, but I think they uh, liked yeah. it. Yeah, I know. I think we take away. It, it has its ebbs and flows as a film. It, it kind of like slows down at the end before the climax. And then there's like certain periods where it's not like a lot going on. And you're kind of just watching a lot of people do stuff mm-hmm. in silence. And you can kind of like, it's, you know, kind of. No, I think we both definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think. Um, it's one of those movies that you know you're not really going to forget anytime soon. I, I always appreciate that when a movie is mm-hmm. memorable because um, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. out there that's just completely forgettable and and I and to me it always yeah. comes down to the experience. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that experience with you guys and and if I'd seen it by myself, maybe I don't know. You know, it might. Yeah, it's definitely a movie you have yeah. to kind of watch with someone so that you can exactly. talk about it with. Uh, I do have an extra copy if you want it, Dylan, or anyone in the crowd <laughs> wants it. Uh, because uh, when our video store closed, what? I took our It's a low-key giveaway. <laughs> low-key giveaway. Uh, comment down below if you want the Survive Style oh. 5 Plus DVD. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, definitely, definitely a movie to watch with your friends. Uh, just hanging out and just crazy. Just 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 dumb fun it's very much like the japanese version this era of like the uh kind of like stoner films not really stoner films but like kind of like the super bad era maybe yeah i can see that uh just like the 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 fun with popular names comedies but very different styles of comedy one of them is definitely more commercialized and for the popular populace and like the american Kind of like stoner comedies but like com- this one was very much like kind of more niche but like still pretty popular at least yeah you know, some of these films well lucas and i are gonna aim for a shorter episode tonight especially with my battery stuck at 10 yes. percent. so we are gonna go as long as we can go until i have to say no more <laughs> yeah but yeah i think that's uh I think that pretty much wraps up what I was saying. If there's anything else, no, I think I think you summed it up for now. It's definitely one of those movies I like. Still have to think about and sit on. <laughs> like I'm still yeah. haven't fully processed. It's it. definitely one that you like. You'll like want to rewatch it with someone else, and then you'll put it on. And you'll be like, see, oh, I see more stuff yeah. going on now, and like it's just one that scenes and sequences stick with you, and you just remember yeah. them throughout the day. Like you'll just be like, what is your function? Or just like you'll just remember like one of the commercials yeah. that she imagines. And it's just like, yeah, funny. I definitely, I do think it's one that I want to see again someday to, to like, to catch what I missed and to, to yeah. understand it more. Maybe I'll try to start a studio and buy the rights <laughs> to it. So it gets a, yeah, at least. Well, <laughs> we have some other small topics we can share with everyone. Um, yeah. So in news this week in film, all I really saw, I mean, obviously we have movies coming out that we kind of already touched on, like Little Mermaid and such. 
Um, one we were going to see, but we aren't, but we might see next week mm. is Master Gardener, which is the third film in the Paul Schrader Man in the Room trilogy is what he calls it. Interesting. Um, but for outside of like release wise, um, for theatricals, I know we had the new trailer for Mission Impossible. Dead Rock. Reckoning Part 1. Um, about what you expect. Yes. Dead Reckoning Part 1. About what you expect, but really good. Definitely and big on our both of our watch lists. Yeah, definitely going to try to see that opening week. Um, I didn't really watch any of the Mission Impossibles up until, um, what's it called? End. Um, the last week. one was Fallout. Fallout, thank you. Uh, I didn't really watch any of them until Fallout, honestly. Um, and then I watched Fallout and I was like, whoa, it's freaking good. Nice. And then I watched all of them. Uh, I think I was, I think I saw one on VHS when I was a kid. And my mom really liked Estevez <laughs> and that's why she got it. And then he died Aww. immediately and she was sad. but yeah um outside of that yeah there's um i don't think we had any other big trailers looking at like the trending trailers when i was looking at them uh there aren't really any like big ones i mean we have a million uh flash ones coming out right now. yeah i think um yeah a little mermaid master garner there's also that the machine with that comedian bert i can't Bert Kreischer. Oh yeah, thank you. And yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Mark Hamill of all people is yeah. in that as well. So that could be funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know this week on streaming we got John Wick Chapter Four is now available to buy. Um, Blu-ray mm-hmm. releases we got Shazam the sequel. We got Creed Three. We got The Running Man all on 4K. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. I got a uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf on 4K. Um. My another weird uh, thing I'm interested I get into is I'm really into <laughs> the Cascus movies, and uh, I've seen like half of them. Very underrated, and a guy who just missed out on being like one of the biggest '90s action stars, um, Mark Dacascus, uh just had a bunch of bad breaks, and he's in this movie as a character, and it's uh, pretty good. It got a 4K re-release with the um, or 4K remaster with the. Uh, uh director's cut as well so it's like two and a half hours and it seems pretty good it's uh directed by christoph gans the guy Ooh. who did like silent hill so i'm gonna be excited i would missed seeing it alamo draft house so instead i will be seeing it well speaking of what um we might watch this week if anyone wants to watch with us mm-hmm. um i will be watching the fablemans which i rented on 4k from gamefly shout out to gamefly yes can we get a Gamefly sponsor? I'll tag them <laughs> in this video. Um, one of the last people you can rent 4Ks from, and they're still doing it, and they're still around. A lot of people probably don't think they are. But yeah, they do 4K movie rentals. And yeah, still games it's quite, well. I'm quite excited. I'm doing a free trial right now, so keep you posted on how this goes and how many other movies I can watch. I'm looking mm-hmm. to watch The Whale, John Wick Chapter 4, Puss in Boots, Last Wish, mm-hmm. um, whatever I can get my hands on. But... Um, as far as what I might watch mm-hmm. this week, definitely The Fablemans. Um, I would like to watch Missing, which mm-hmm. is now on Netflix. The s- oh, yeah. is that the sequel to Searching? Kind yeah. of the same universe. I Not missed sequel, it but... in theaters last year, so I really want to check that out. And then uh, yeah, one movie that has been hyped up not only by Lucas, but now a coworker of mine, shout out to Thal if you're listening, is uh, Mishima, the A Life in Four Chapters film, which... Yes, so Survive Style 5 is one of my top 10 movies of all time. Mishima is my number one 
very easily clears that is of all time. definitely the words i need to hear to motivate me to watch something <laughs> so um i think yeah. lucas and i are due for yeah. a movie night uh with that film very soon yes yeah this week i definitely have availability too so we're definitely gonna watch that and that might be probably will be our watch with us i've seen that movie four times or five times a lot um It'll be awesome to talk about whenever we do. Yes, and we'll try to get an episode out next week. I will be going on vacation in New York, Mm. but. And I will be going on vacation. Oh, where are you going? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, Universal Studios and Disney. When are you you leaving? Uh, Through. When are you leaving? Okay, so uh, the okay, so Lucas is going on vacation right when I'm getting back from vacation. So I'm leaving on the 31st. So we might squeeze in. We might be able to squeeze an episode oh, yeah. in around Memorial Day. <laughs> if not, maybe yeah, we'll do yeah. a uh, we'll do we'll pull a podcast from overseas well, on the east. While you're, <laughs> we'll yeah. figure something out. All right. Well, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm at four percent, so we should probably wrap this up today. Yeah. Nice short episode, um, but yeah, definitely uh, check out those movies if you haven't, and watch with us if you can. Uh, let us know if there's any movies you recommend, want us to talk about. Any comments on what we talked about today is loved and encouraged in the comments down below or on. Yes, and uh, we didn't make time for it today, but please uh, let us know your thoughts on uh, the new uh, Max, um, aka HBO. And yes. uh, as well as what your thoughts are on the Netflix password crackdown going on, Lucas and I definitely have some thoughts yes. we can share on that, but some we can go into more detail next time. Mm-hmm. A lot of thoughts on that definitely. one. <laughs> well, 3%, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun today, guys. So thank you again for watching Mile a Minute. Movie Talk.